So can you speak now, please? Yes. Hello. How are you? Hi. I, I was born in Beijing. Anything? <laughs> Perfect. Audition, yes. ad, uh, audition done for this weekend's days. If you're in. Woo! Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's This Week in Sleaze with your hosts, King Who and Sleazy K. This podcast has been rated Category 3. No one under 18 may be permitted. Let's talk some fire! Oh, that was last show, wasn't it? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm stuck in the, I'm stuck in the dirty, dirty episode before, before this, the old Tidalwadi theater that we did. But we've cleaned up the Tidalwadi theater of the last, the last hardcore porn episode. So we, we take it down to regular category three level now with two immigrant stories during this episode. So uh, this is Lisa Kay, and uh, with me, uh, sounding like hmm, this is going to be. Exciting, yeah, it's the great Lord Joshua Rigo. Hello there, kin. Let's do it. We're gonna make toys and uh, <laughs> speaking toys. <laughs> Hell yeah! Gonna make millions. And you can pull down his pants and uh, and, uh, and, he, and humiliate be... the toy. <laughs> <laughs> and he'll be wearing tidy whities of course. A pirate and tidy whities and uh, and and a ba- and, and a Batman uh, cape or mask also optional uh, optional uh, gear that you can uh, buy with uh, with the doll. My parents have dead. <laughs> Giddy. And you can also include a little bit of ah ah I was born in Beijing. <laughs> <laughs> oh and, yeah. And that is uh, that is a piece of uh, song that uh, will reference. Um, a few more times uh, during this episode because uh, okay. we are going to review the girls from China and China Dolls. And we'll speak of what those movies are and a little bit of background, uh, the little there is on it, after the contact information. So this is This Week in Sleaze 12 on the Podcast on Fire Network website for this and all the other shows, podcastonfire.com. Email for feedback, good or bad. We've gotten some, some not, not bad feedback, but we've gotten criticism uh, uh, directed towards this show that we are to... Uh, uh, we are too childish, but uh, you know what? It, it was a good piece of criticism delivered in a non-troll way. So, yeah. uh, so but uh, I didn't agree. But I can also see his point. But uh, but uh, man, oh man! If that guy listens to the uh, hardcore porn episode, I think uh, you know it's uh, that's it's a lost listener forever. Yes. <laughs> and I wouldn't blame him because that's the filthiest episode we. <laughs> ever done and probably likely are ever going to you know pro- when we do a trilogy of last maybe we'll get back onto the xxx horse if you will but uh, uh but it's not yet but anyway podcast on fire at googlemail.com is the email we have the now closed forum podcastonfire.com forward slash forum still up for the prior members that registered you have access to the members only archive where we have cut conversations and and goofy outtakes and ex- <coughs> exclusive content content and whenever we do exclusive content nowadays we'll post those on the website in the bonus episodes category and those are episodes only available on podcastonfire.com not on itunes not on stitcher and at the time of recording we are still due to do our bonus boner episode on rape by an angel 5 a second that was directed by dick lau yeah that's the good director's name uh 
we're hoping to get King Who onto the main episode, which is the Rape by an Angel four and five, uh, the, fi- the the final coverage of the uh, of the final movies. Uh, but in uh, the bonus episode, regardless if we get King Who on that or not, uh, we'll do whatever we can on on the unsubbed shot on video Rape by an Angel five. And it's no mistake; it is actually a Rape by an Angel five. I think it's on the print as well. Uh, so. <laughs> or five point one even, you know, because what well, one must be five point oh, and then yes. you get five point one and all of that. So, um, so that's uh, that's awesome in itself, and that's worth just spending a few minutes uh, in the bonus episodes uh, for uh, to 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 examine what we can. So we'll do that. Uh, Facebook, Facebook dot com forward slash podcast. Uh, oh, sorry, Facebook dot com forward slash pof network is our page that you can like, but you can also join the discussion group podcast on fire network discussion group and you can just type in podcast on fire network and you'll reach the discussion group or follow the link that is on the facebook.com forward slash pof network page so join the ongoing discussion it's uh, it's both class it's both classy and filthy because on the network we have classy and filthy shows so uh, yes so uh, go in and post uh, post freely whatever you've uh, been doing whatever last movies you've been watching or if you like the show what have you and uh, let's be friends Yes, very entertaining and very lively. Mm. And uh, follow us on Twitter as well, twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire. My writing of, among other things, category free movies, so goodreviews.com and sleazykvideo.com. I probably am going to favor a lot more Taiwanese and IFD movies and pick uh, my category free movies, movies more carefully rather than randomly. But, uh, but, but the random choices I'll probably do mini reviews of. Uh, despite, so I'll, I'll probably have to look at my library, what I r- really want to highlight extensively, and uh, rather than, and uh, and so, so to say, uh, demote other movies to the, to the quick takes. But there might be free paragraphs on certain movies as well. So, um, so uh, look forward to that. I do quick bite-sized video reviews on sleazykvideo.com as well, and follow me on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash so good reviews. Subscribe to all of this filth on iTunes. Podcast on Fire Network is there. And uh, uh, rate us and leave us a comment if you like the show. We would very much appreciate that. And you can also stream the entire network via Stitcher. Go to stitcher.com, download the app to your computer or the app to your smartphone or tablet. And once you're in Stitcher, type in Podcast on Fire Network and you can add each show individually, including this week in Sleaze for your sins. And uh, of course, our former but hopefully soon again uh, current co-host, uh, occasional co-host uh, King Who has his blog Bullets Over Chinatown. That's in the mood for Guaylo. dot blogspot. dot com. That's G W A I L O. And uh, of course, the man who does the wonderful intro and outro for us is Ryan Kirby, who runs ShelfLifeClothing.com. dot com. So pick up some cool. Cool T-shirts of fake movies or uh, like uh, mashups of different movies, mm-hmm. like the Peking Action Blues T-shirt. It was one of my favorites, where he literally puts like a gun in Bridget Lin's hand while she's in the Peking Peking uh, Peking Opera makeup from that movie. So it's all cool stuff. Brian has been very supportive of this show and the network, so please support him. And your two endeavors, Joshua, tell us about those and what's going on. <laughs> Uh, v Cinema, thevcinemashow.com. Right now, it's kind of like currently on hiatus. Uh, John is over in Japan kicking it, and uh, you know, basically waiting on you know 
his arrival back, I suppose. Maybe he's trying to find Mamoru Oshii and like speak <laughs> speak to him about all the religious uh, aspects of the movies me and Coffin John has uh, been covering. <laughs> I told him he'd better get some kind of interviews while he's over there. You know, we talk enough about these people. Look, there's Go a guy with the bass town. Oshii! <laughs> I mean, I'm sure we, he can sit there and find Toshiaki Toyota over there or something like that. You know, maybe beat him up, kidnap him, bring him back. Whatever, you know, it's all good. Who, who's that and why should you beat him up and kidnap him? He's a director that I actually really like and uh, directed Nine Souls and Blue Spring and uh, several really great films. But uh, he should bring him back to the States and keep him in a basement and make movies for us. Okay. That sounds healthy. That's the American way. Hell yeah! <laughs> At least only on vcinemashow.com, you know. We'll sit there and like have our own little DVD label of movies that Toshiaki Toyota shot in John's basement. If John has a basement, maybe a back room, I'm not sure. But, you know, I've been thinking about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, got... the pl- plan is all laid out, I can hear it. got the website design already, it's great. <laughs> But, uh, oh yeah, and then VariedCelluloid.net, which is my baby. Uh, not a whole lot going on right now. Uh, I've got school starting tomorrow. This is August uh, right now. But uh, I've been preparing for my two big uh, annual events, which is the Halloween Horror Spectacular Ooh. on Varied Celluloid, where I try to review a horror movie for every day of the month. You know, I don't always reach that goal. You know, one year I think I did. 25 maybe and then another year I do 30 and 31 whatever you know it's uh just as many horror movies as I can possibly get in there different countries cinema different uh, grungy classy or very very kind of very quality I guess Mm -hmm. I've I've already got so far I know I've already done Possession the uh I forget what the I think the filmmaker's Polish or what have you Jared was a big fan of it. I was talking. I mean, <laughs> King Who is a big fan of yes. it. I was talking recently about it. And uh, how, how could you talk to King Who about a Polish uh, I, a, a I horror just, movie made by a Polish director? I mean, that's you know, I don't that, know. That I, doesn't I think, compute. You, you you're making my brain all scrambled and jumbled. What up. it was, he must have walked into it. And he thought it said horror. He must have thought it said horror. Or <laughs> so he went from China. It. <laughs> And always like, oh, a foreign horror movie. Oh, okay, let me check this out. But uh, it's actually in English. But yeah, it, it's uh, I don't, you know, I feel like an idiot if the, if the director's not Polish. He's probably not. He's probably uh, something else. I'm not sure. But European, I'll, get, I'll go with that. Okay. And um, yeah, really good movie. I'm no spoilers or anything like that. But I did a review for that. I've got a couple things lined up, and I've also been working on Kung Fu Christmas, which is the other annual event. And uh, that has been a lot of fun. And uh, I've already done, like, uh, some Tony Ja I've done and some older Kung Fu cinema. So it's going to be all over the place with choices this year. Yeah, I remember that. Didn't you have uh, that uh, month or week of uh, action movies, Kung Fu movies last year? Because I I, I remember looking at it at a glance I didn't have time to read every every review but I I was very appreciative of uh, in all seriousness of uh, you reviewing the oh, late 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 Chang Chien movie Slot and Siam 
yeah. that uh, low-budget action movie with uh, the guy getting a big log rammed up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was sweet. And, I, I, and it was sweet that you did a review of, of the movie, period, because I think that period of chang while not obviously as good as his earlier work, I mean, he was getting on in his years by, by, by this point, but it has a charm about it, and that yeah. scene is gory. I think and, I checked it out after uh, you and Paul... I think the two of you uh, recommended it to me, and I was like, well, hell, this sounds interesting. Oh, log up an ass. I mean, log up an ass? you kidding me? I'm on this. <laughs> and so I think I watched it like the same day that you guys recommended it, and I was, I was pleasantly surprised. It was quite good. It's one of those movies, like, uh, without going into a huge debate about whether Chang Chia was gay or not, I don't care. Uh, but it's one of those movies where, where you kind of would have an argument that Maybe he was, but that's okay because there is that scene where two of the characters, male, male characters, are rolling on the floor together like puppies in slow motion. Oh yeah, that's... We, 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 which is like maybe that's his sense of humor after li- living such a long life. And I, I know people have talked about uh, this kind of aspect of mine. Let's fuck with the heads <laughs> quite right. a bit. And uh, you know the, I mean, he's an older guy too. I mean, you know, I just might have been a little bit more open with camaraderie or something oh, like yeah, that. Of course. You know, I different mean, cultures. I, I, yeah, I I've, I've never I've I picked up on the debate, but I've never cared because I think it's a waste of energy. I just look right. at movies. You know what I mean? It's not like he made uh, gay themed movies. That was not right. his uh, thing. It was just like heroes without their shirt on getting oily and bloody. I mean, so what? Yeah, you know, if if it like we're getting off on a tangent, but it really doesn't matter. But if that were to come out and that were announced, it would. You know, in my eyes, I would go back and rewatch his films and probably find a different level on it, you know, on different sure. things and stuff like he might be saying something, you know. I mean, that would definitely make, you know, things quite interesting. But, yeah, it really doesn't matter. I don't care if he, you know, if he if it was more about logs being shoved up asses, like maybe that was his thing or something, you know, if he liked inanimate objects. I don't know. I don't care. But, exactly. We just yeah. watch movies, you know what I mean? Or right. Just, uh, call it as it is, and uh, there's no time and energy for me to analyze movies in that way, but I have lots of time to analyze uh, sex and filth. <laughs> lots of time. <laughs> way lots too much time, time than uh, anyone ever should spend on movies. Mainland girls, oh yeah. Well, well, judging by our last episode, we have too much time on our hands. Uh, <laughs> Apparently. You know, Ghoul Sex Squad and Mindfuck got almost two-hour <laughs> podcast, fuck's sake. So. Uh. Wow. It needed to be done. It needed to be done. It was good fun. I'm proud of that. Uh, proud of that episode. Um, all righty, let's move on to girls from China. And a little bit of background there is on Girls from China from 1992. It guest stars Escape from Brothels Pauline Chan, the late great mm. Pauline Chan, and Sex and Zen's Isabel Chow. 
And she was the woman in Sex and Zen who dresses up as a boy partly in the movie and also subsequently has the lesbian scene with Rina Murakami where they go butt to butt with a flute in between them. It's it's amazing that scene because I I was taken aback by Sex and Zen in many respects. It's a funny movie and it's well made and it's very explicit for a category Mm. three movie. Very explicit. I think they were pushing it and still got a lot into that movie, including that it's not it's not uh, said necessarily that they. They go butt to butt, but they don't go ass to ass necessarily with the flute. I mean, I think they're mm-hmm. they're 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 putting the flute in somewhere else, but it's right. still very. It's an overhead shot too, so it looks gorgeous. And wow, it's nearly hardcore porn. This, but it's right. not. But it's not. Yeah. Uh, so uh, that's all good fun. That's Isabel Chow, and this movie goes from China. Was directed by Barry Lee, very infrequent director. He only did two feature movies. Maybe he works on TV. The other one was the Ray Loy gangster drama, The Incorruptible, and, which is a movie I saw. Don't remember dick about. So uh, it, it, you know, it came and went. And as this movie did during release as well, and it hasn't had much of a life since. Uh, it got UK exposure in the '90s via Eastern Heroes, who released it. Widescreen subtitle, but with the classy and rather unfair retitled Horse from China. And, and, and I'm saying, like, it's classy, so to say, and unfair because the movie isn't about Horse from China. Number one, no. there's only one if you want to be technical about it, but yeah. it, it's, it's really unfair to the structure and intent of the movie, to be honest. But it is kind of genius because you're browsing VHS, it's a boing! <laughs> no. Dad, can I buy a horse from China? <laughs> Son, what are you doing in this section? <laughs> section. Section. Um, never picked up the tape, um, but uh, I, um, I I would have if I saw it in a uh, in a catalog, you know, because uh, they they didn't appear on shelves here in Sweden. I obviously had to order them, but they they had a lot of these Hong Kong movies in catalogs. Uh, all the all the heroic bloodshed movies and even erotic movies, you can browse through them uh, that way. And uh, but uh, that was pretty much it's. Um, it's uh, it's life. I mean, it's on Laserdisc, of course, in in Hong Kong and all of that. But it's, it isn't really a known movie as such. But uh, we'll we'll perhaps uh, get a spotlight on it, uh, deserved or not, uh, via our review. But regardless, it brings up a point in this movie that these immigrant stories leading to plots about them being hostesses and club girls and obviously prostitutes too. Uh, it's it's more mainstream fodder than you might think. Uh, because if you look at movies such as Girls Without Tomorrow with uh, Maggie Cheung, uh, among other, and Moonstar and Sun, uh, she was in that as well. But that also has Sherry Chung, Carol Cheng, Carol Dodo Cheng, and they pushed darker buttons as well. They weren't exploitation movies, they weren't sex movies as such, but they were darker dramas there where you, you, you definitely knew what was going on. Obviously, they didn't paint a you know, a, a rainbow picture of the life of a, host, a, a, a depressing hostess or anything. They, they were tough movies to take. Uh, so they weren't treating them like a laugh, you know what I mean? Uh, but, but it's interesting that before the time of exploitation really came, came into play, they still had these stores in and around, uh, in and around the end of the 80s in Hong Kong. And, and I'm saying uh, before exploitation came into play, we have a Category 3 rating, primarily, because again erotica and all of that has been done for for decades in hong kong so um 
one of the best and probably my favorite out of these more mainstream uh, hostess movies is Call Girl Night 2. Girls Without Tomorrow is again known as Call Girl 88, I believe. But uh, this one is called Call Girl 1992 from that year with Veronica Yip, directed by Andy Chin. And it's a solid drama shot in sync sound, which is something the director often did, which is, was not common in the beginning of the 90s. And it's memorable in particular because... It, it is a drama. It's not uh, very harsh uh, either. It, it is a uh, a very straight drama, and as she, Veronica, has wonderful chemistry with uh, Vincent Wan. Uh, they have a little romance going on, a friendship going on, and it's, it's one of those movies where it's very pleasurable to just watch actors uh, be comfortable with each other on screen and as characters and all of that. So, um, yeah, so I do recommend seeking out the Curl, Call Girl '92. Was put out on Ocean Shores. Uh, and uh, even made it to Ocean Shores DVD, but that's probably out of print now. So look, look at eBay, file sharing, and what have you. But I do recommend Call Girl '92. Do you have any uh, firm recollections of watching these kind of hostess movies with uh, that were more mainstream and not uh, for adults only, so to say? Not really. Me, uh, I don't know. Sex movies. They all just kind of blend together. Yeah, regardless, <laughs> regardless if it's uh, sex in them or mainstream actors. Or right. Not, you know. <laughs> yeah, they're more punishing dramas, melodramas. Girls Without Tomorrow mm-hmm. is definitely one of those. I think it's Moonstar and Sun or one of the movies where Maggie Chung played this kind of role. She has a client, uh, a, not a Western client, but a client who wants to have a mask on during sex and he has asks her to like which mask should he have on or he changes mask but he ha- masks but he has like Bill Clinton he has a Stallone mask you know the by an angel mask tell me he has the rape by an angel I, I don't think it was it was actual face faces date uh, but and uh, even in one of those movies again for Maggie Chung uh, she gets to I'm 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 gonna sound horrible. Uh, I guess saying saying this, but one of my clients is a very very obese man, so she has to. <laughs> and and it's kind of it it's uh it's only how do you say it's notable because it's Maggie Chung, you know, the wonderful yeah. actress Maggie Chung, you know, and not very early in her career either. So she 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 had to pay the rent, I guess, and do whatever <laughs> movies and uh, take some risks. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, I th- think it might be Moonstar and Sun that that happens, or so both of those scenes happen. But uh, but it, it is a genre, and uh, so mm-hmm. Girls from China corresponds to it partly. China dolls yeah. that we are reviewing also responds to it more. Uh, yeah. Corresponds would, to it more firmly. So. Yeah, I would say that uh, yeah that film's much more melodramatic and more uh, potent as mm-hmm. far as that goes. Where I would consider Girls from China. Partially, you know, kill me if I'm wrong, but maybe a little bit more of a thriller of sorts uh, towards the end. Yeah, well, well, yeah, definitely towards the end. Uh, I towards mean, the I, end, yeah. I mean, Up until more, the, it's very episodic. Yeah, you know? yeah. But uh, we'll get to that plot bef- uh, because we're very close to the review. So lo- just a little plot in between here from my review of the film. Uh, it covers the rise of naive mainlander Ying, played again by Isabel Chow. Covers her rise, you know, financially and career-wise. She starts as a naive mainlander and uh, climbs the career ladder little by, little by little. She learns to use the city, leaving a trail of men behind, many of them perverts, a few of the perverts there, uh, and one on the insane side called Kent, played by actor Jimmy Ao. 
And uh, that's uh, that's simple enough. And uh, you alluded to this being episodic, so I'll let you share your brief view of the film first. Yeah, I think episodic is kind of the key term here. You know, uh, while you know it's a movie that has its point, it, you know, its uh, key moments and such. It uh, definitely just kind of it meanders at times, and I kind of had problems with that. I kind of had problems with keeping track with the story and trying to figure out, okay, where is this story going? It's, uh, which I'm not, I sound like at this point, like I hate it or something like that. I didn't really, but yeah, I do think it's a film that's going to be probably love it or hate it. And I would probably land more along the negative side of it. Mm -hmm. And, um, yeah, it just kind of goes from her with one man to the next and nothing seems to really be developed other than, you know, looking at the film as a whole, I think it is trying to say something about, I guess probably trying to say something because I keep mentioning the capitalist society and stuff like that, and uh, this poor girl becoming, you know, basically, I guess, a ruthless, uh, I would say gold digger, but she's not really like that. She's more of uh, like a woman abusing men or something like that. She's more mm-hmm. of a woman taking advantage of this society and becoming ruthless to her fellow, you know, human beings and such. And basically it's all about the love of money and things like that. But that stuff that's really in the background and for the most part the plot, you know, it's not a singular story that gets you there. It's several, several little plot lines that kind of give you a little bit of this, a little bit of that, until finally you have, in the very last 20 minutes or so, you have a twist that comes out of nowhere, and, yeah, I won't go too much further. All right. I actually like it a bit more than you. I do recognize that it's episodic. I do recognize also that it's what it's saying, even though it's kind of in the background, but I do actually like it. I I came away despite the episodic nature uh, liking the journey for for the character mm-hmm. of Ying and uh, it's uh, I have very vague memories of the film I watched it many years ago I didn't even reread my review so it was kind of new uh, to me this uh, screening actually and I found it surprisingly solid and uplifting too mm-hmm. and it scores a lot for me thanks to uh, a snappy pace actually I thought it moved very fast uh, through the episodes uh, mm-hmm. It's got a likable lead performance by her, and uh, you you shouldn't mistake it for anything but an above-average movie out of the category three canon. But that that is also a huge step up <laughs> for, for 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 like the explosion of category three moves that happened in uh, in the early nineties in nineteen ninety two and uh, through ninety four essentially. And uh, it has sex, it has a little bit of rape, and it's all not it's not all rainbow. For this character, obviously, it is uh, yeah. a varied character journey. But um, but uh, even at 100 minutes, I thought the movie was snappy. So I thought the move. Uh, I, I was kind of taken aback by it. Uh, I, I was surprised by it because it's also a fairly professional-looking movie, a made movie, and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but of course, you gotta you gotta catch this because it has a catchy opening. You know, a catchy yeah. theme tune. I mean, <laughs> I did yeah. I didn't remember that this had a theme 
tune, but mainly a theme tune that is partly in English and very connected to the film. So uh, I don't know. I'm not gonna sing. You wanted to sing beforehand. You're like, oh, oh, let me yeah. sing, let me sing, let me sing. So, so, <laughs> so you know, talk about a little about what there is to talk about the theme tune and what's your thoughts on it being there and and then sing and then sing, bitch. <laughs> if there is uh, a defining quality in this movie, it has to be that theme song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it probably doesn't like play throughout the whole thing. There's only a few scenes where it really pops up, but yep. you know, it's amazing. Beginning, what, what... middle montage, and end credits. Right. It's like it's amazing what one line of English and you know, and otherwise a song you can't understand. It's amazing what that one line of English can really do, and. <laughs> <laughs> In the girls from China, they have, uh, I, I, I was born in Beijing. And then the rest of it's in Chinese, and I'm not going to do an imitation of that because I was told it might be racist to do so. But it's such a catchy tune. And, uh, Ken... and then a little at the end of it, ooh, woo, rather. Ooh, whoa, Oh, yes. Oh, man. It's a, it's, a, it's a snappy little tune. I like it. It's not like, it's, uh, oh my god, that's so corny. It's a nice little bouncy canto pop number that is uh, about presumably an uplifting song, I hope. it. <laughs> Hopefully the translation isn't like, I was born in Beijing and it fucking sucked. Whoa, whoa. <laughs> it's molested by a bunch of weird guys. <laughs> I was born in Beijing. Why didn't I stay there? God, Hong Kong is horrible. Okay. <laughs> With no rhyming as well, that'd be sweet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's no need. Uh, yeah. it, it is a catchy number, and if you go to the Podcast on Fire Network discussion group, um, uh, it, I, I posted a clip of the opening credits. You can all sing along if you like. Uh, yeah. And it, it was, you know, it, it starts that way, and therefore. For this character, which is a naive character, you know, everything is great, just looking out at the train, oh. Yeah. It's moving fast. Everything is, ooh, you know. So all, all, all's very good. <laughs> uh, coming to the land of golden riches, Hong Kong, for this naive mainlander, and you know, have stars in her eyes. But that that was obviously soon changed, and and it was wonderful to not know, remember the movie because uh, I I kept asking myself like, will this movie take like extremely tragic turns? Will it just be a light romp? despite horrible fates, I don't know, because Hong Kong movies of this kind could be very distasteful, but I was interested because I couldn't tell, you know, and, uh, yeah. uh, but, but, but it is pretty clear that she's been lured there by, by perverts, you know, because first breast stare ha- happens uh, very quick. Yes, and uh, these uh, these perverts they are not subtle about it. They they will like, <laughs> they, uh, I don't know, they, 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 they will literally like, uh, go to their knees and just stare at their breast and open their mouth. <laughs> Literally, yeah. The, she steps off the train and some guy that is there to meet her and yeah, does literally what Ken just described. Drops to his knees, staring at her breast, which are clothed at the time or what have you. And, and basically does that. In the and that's the what men are like. And it's kind of a theme in this review that men are not painted in a in a mm. good light, if you will, and rightly so. They actually, it, it actually pokes a lot of fun at uh, mm-hmm. at uh, you know the 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 weakness in men that you and I both know. We are weak, but right. some of us are not uh, are more subtle than, <laughs> yeah. than that. You know what I mean? Yeah, there, uh, there's a thing called a quick glance, yes. you know, versus an ogle. 
and hockling, you know, at a woman's breast and dropping to your knees so you can get better vantage while in public is probably not the best thing to do. That's worship. <laughs> Apparently. Yes, that's what that is. Yes, it's dropping to your knees and worshipping at the altar of boobies. And that, that whole sequence uh, episode where at the house that she's taking it, you know, you can almost, right. you can smell, but you uh, that the movie is going into that territory of, oh my God, they're going to make her a prostitute. That doesn't happen, <laughs> which yeah. I liked also. But there, there is some, uh, you know, old telltale, telltale signs of perverts here. She... Peter, her uncle, apparently, uh, likes that she looks at his uh, peeing kid plaque thing. You know, ooh, you're into body art, aren't you? You know, oh my god, here comes the pervert, you know. Yes. (laughs) It's one of those plaques that you could maybe put on uh, on your toilet door or something like that because it's a a kid like peeing into a a bowl or what have you. Uh, Mm -hmm. So uh, it's not, uh, it's not there. Per, perv art or what have you but um, and, and there's porn on the TV way in her room you know and uh, she likes that she's a horny young woman so you know, obviously here we go the movie I, I'm tell I, I'm, t- the mo- I, I'm thinking that the movie is going to the places uh, to, to expect the places but it's not because you it, it, there is exploitation here obviously she masturbates a little bit watching the porn on the TV uh, there's uh, sex uh, you know, she goes out to the balcony. There's people having sex uh, down by the yeah. pool or something. So, it, we have transparent choices here that will be less so once the movie moves on. Which I, I'm, I'm I'm not sure you thought in the in these um, in these lines. You know that the movie doesn't really correspond to cheap exploitation or not. But um, but, but 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 did you think like uh, also that ah oh, here we go here it's going into this territory. She's going to be a prostitute in three right. scenes. Oh, yeah. Well, you know, I probably at the time I was thinking, oh, yeah, well, she's about to masturbate to this porn video. And then there's the people outside. Her uncle's going to come in. They're going to get it on. And we're going to go from there. And, you know, these two are going to have some kind of weird relationship going on, possibly. Because obviously the uncle wanted to, or you know, to bone her. Mm. And, and so, you know, you're led into these expectations. But sure enough, you know, the, the uncle is out of the picture like that. And... I, I, I like that she deflects him. Uh, they deflects him like she does. She, she, it looks like she screams so loud that he's holding, uh, ho- holding his hands over his ears. You right. know that she's so loud, and that's a nice little detail. I thought the way she deflected him because it yeah. never it, it, he gropes her a little bit, but it never goes any further than that. Right, you, you half expect, you know, okay, well, maybe if uh, she fights it then, maybe he's going to keep her as, like, some kind of sex slave or, you know, going to the prostitution thing. That's a possibility. But, you know, the movie quickly, yeah, and that was, I guess, part of, you know, my issues with it was how, you know, which I enjoy the fact that it goes into a different direction. And truly, you know, I really like the character of Ying and her transformation throughout the film. I think it's mm-hmm. really interesting. I think there's actually more to it than the surface level stuff but you know the uncle is out of the picture immediately and we never see or hear from him again really Mm -hmm. and it does that two or three times to the point where it's you know to me it just started i kept kind of getting lost in what was happening a little bit i I watched and went through it a couple of times and everything like that and i pieced it together but you know it's still just the tiny subplot strung together kind of you know just I don't know, as a film fan, I, I don't know, I guess I was just kind of burned by that. But I can understand, you know, it's it's just a preference issue, really. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, I'm I, I'm not, like, you know, 
uh, running running yeah. like the uh, campaign or anything for episodic right. movies, man. No, uh, but, but, but there, there I, are movies that I've watched that are certainly you know highly episodic. You know where you know just four and five subplots that string a movie together, where you know each little bit I found possibly more interesting than the guy to my left or right would. Mm-hmm. So you know I can understand. You know it's just it's a matter of what catches you, and I suppose that it wasn't probably enough to catch me in some of these little subplots mm. to kind of make it, you know, stand out more to me. But uh, moves on, she, moving on, she does, you know, she has to learn life in Hong Kong from scratch, mm-hmm. and she gets a job as a sales lady, selling cosmetics. And right. she, she's a kind sales lady, because, uh, but, but that's not good sales mm. te- techniques, because she sells lower-priced product to help out those used to a particular product. There's an old man that comes in and says that his wife is used to this product. And the other sales lady says, well, we don't have it here. That's, uh, that's, uh, below, that, that's low class compared to our high class product. But uh, Ying is kind to look up the kind he wants. And, uh, but uh, it's not, uh, it's not uh, necessarily how you advance in this, uh, in this uh, profession. Mm-hmm. But obviously she has, she has to learn... Uh, from from Kent, who she meets, who, who works like part time there, he, dra- he dresses up like mannequins and stuff like that. He, he's seen working on those Kent, the, what, what turns out to be the insane one. Uh, <laughs> but he, he tells us to you know, learn the dialect, learn the slang, how people talk to improve improve your techniques. And despite being category three, this mm-hmm. within this profession, they don't switch tack again. I think I'm thinking that I know the movie when I'm watching it, but they don't switch tack to involving sex to improve her selling cosmetics. No, no, no. They work. They could have worked in that logic, but they do that later when she changes profession. Yes. And and that I liked because it, the through line for me, despite the episodes, is her progression into doing good for herself and later on kind of not appearing sympathetic as she. Uh, as she goes through men the way she does uh, so but, but i like this it, it is an uplifting story a little bit of an uplifting story of a of, of someone building their life here and, uh, and uh, at least there's one kind male here kent uh, who who lets her stay at his home and he oh boy he has cameras oh no oh. yeah so here's the telltale signs of the pervert yeah but few, they go to a roller skate disco instead. So now, okay, okay, that's that, that's good. Interesting. That's good. Kent maybe not a bad guy, but he has lots of cameras at his place. But maybe not a pervert. <laughs> you know, maybe right. the kind male in Hong Kong still has lots of cameras aimed at the bed. Kind of like fucking that uh, Sharon Stone movie, I guess, to an extent. Uh, was it a uh, slip? Slither, Sli- or sliver, or sliver, or shiver, or whatever. Yeah, something. I don't know. But um, the, the 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 one uncomfortable, what what one of the few uncomfortable moments in the film is that um, attempted uh, rape by her, cos- uh, the boss of the cosmetics uh, shop, uh, played by a uh, uh, veteran actor Lung Gamsan, and. That was a difficult scene to watch for me, even though it never turns into a full-on rape scene. But it was kind of difficult right. to watch. So, what did you think when you reached that point? Uh, partially, I, mean, I kind of just expected it. You know, yeah. it, it didn't really go far to the point where it, you know, became super distasteful. At least I didn't think. Mm. But 
the 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 reason why it's uh, uncomfortable for me is like it's slow when she tries to like get out of his <clears> grip <throat> and she says no real slow you know no yeah. no but yeah. then they're thankfully interrupted uh, and and the reason I'm mentioning it is I I thought it was kind of heartbreaking when that that of course but when she's actually fired and set up as um, they uh, accuse her of uh, stealing uh, cosmetics right. just because she rejected the boss and i i don't know i i find that bullying uh uh it was done right in the way that they got an audience reaction at least i don't mean yeah it's like a better version of what happened in rebecca i guess at the the hostess restaurant or whatever where the girl set her up and everything like that but just like a better version of that i thought but uh, m- moving on to Kent again, uh, they, she, she, after being fired, she uh, walks uh, home uh, to his apartment again. He's uh, using a, yeah. a, he's a welder and a car door in his uh, bedroom for some reason. He has, he's working on some art project. Uh, and they, they fall into each other's arms and they kiss, they have sex, and he turns on the goddamn cameras. <laughs> Kent, we liked you, kind of. <laughs> no. Yeah. That was kind of like one of my issues with uh, what eventually happens with Kent was like he did seem he seemed like a really decent character you know right until, up until he said until what? oh my god and then after the sex he turns to her and says I can't remember the exact words but along the lines of he's like you know it's one of those things where like you're half groggy you know you're laying with somebody in bed and he turns to him like, yeah you know. Boy, if if a girl ever tried to kill leave me, I'd sure kill her. You know, and that, that's basically like the last line of the scene. And the following morning, you know, Ying wakes up, and uh, of course she writes him a Dear John letter, and just was like, "Oh, Kent, you're such a nice guy, but you know what? Hey, I've got to go." <laughs> yeah, but, because she, she was awake, so I, I was thinking like she might she heard that, and of course thought like maybe he means it, maybe he doesn't, but I gotta move on. But I, I can't wait. Uh, right. I don't need to run out of the bed immediately. <laughs> so, and she must have been aware of the fucking monitors because he has like twenty monitors all over uh, all over his bed. So I, I'm, he shuts I'm, the giant camera earlier. Yeah, so, so, the skating ring and everything, you know. So, so I'm sure she was aware, but um, I don't know. Uh, a geeky detail before I move into a detail about the nudity. Uh, a geeky detail is the fact that uh, the footage on the monitors are let, uh, letterboxed. So it's uh, actual footage that they shot for the movie that they projected onto video and then uh, projected onto the screen. So it's like... <laughs> because I don't think his camera was shooting widescreen necessarily. It's one of those old cameras that probably didn't have a widescreen option. Yes. It's the same in uh, Dr. Lamb. The tape that they get is edited in the same way as the, as the, the movie, movie Dr. Lamb. <laughs> Despite him only having one camera set up there when he, uh, when he yeah, has sex with uh, dead uh, girls and all of that. Hands and stuff like that around yeah. the room. Like, what? But uh, I don't know if you noticed the following on, on the theme of nudity, because this is This Week in Sleaze After All. We analyzed this shit to death. I'm not too sure Isabel Chow did nudity in Sex and Sense. She obviously did racy scenes. And I'm not too sure she ever does full, 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 you know, including the nipples nudity in this movie because they, there are cutaways to possible body doubles and 
scenes are structured in a way that where hands are over her breasts uh, or leaves. <laughs> so, so, so I don't know if you ever noticed that, but I'm not sure she's ever fully nude in this movie. But having said that, it's not at all like Amy Yip teasing here. Right now, it's like 99% nudity, so to say, while Amy Yip is like. I don't know, 80, almost. <laughs> so, so I don't know, uh, did you ever think of that or, or it was so smoothly done that you never picked up on, on that fact? Some of the, you know, sex and stuff, so, uh, so uh, you know, I guess dirty, you know, I, I just, I never really thought of that. But like, uh, you know, as I'm speaking to you here right now, I'm watching the very last quotes unquote sex scene you know, on my DVD player, and sure enough, she's pretty much well-clothed in it, even though it's probably one of the just seemingly, like, most vulgar moments in the film, Mm -hmm. you know? And and it's done pretty much without nudity. Yeah, and and, and again, because she was in such racy scenes in Sex and Sin, um, Mm -hmm. have you ever seen that, by the way, the first Sex and Sin? Yeah. Uh, I mean, that scene with the flute, yeah, it's remembered because of that, but it's an overhead shot, so obviously they shoot shoot their backs there, and she's partly partially clothed anyway in that scene. So I'm I'm thinking, like, Isabel Chow perhaps didn't do a lot or even any nudity, but it's very... Well done here. I mean, the, the bizarre aspect of their sex scene together, going back to the, their first sex scene as Kent and the Ying here. They, for some reason, end up on this spinning contraption, and he has a bucket of leaves in his apartment, <laughs> and they throw that in the air. That was they... just the, the most bizarre and, like, least sexy thing you could do. Like, yeah. it didn't... It wasn't like rose petals, either. No. It, it looked like dirt... <laughs> Dirt, twigs, and leaves, and like, oh, it's hot. Just turn you on. I know. <laughs> you know, somebody's gonna get hurt. There's gonna be scratches. I cleared out my yard. <laughs> let's, oh. let's have sex in in the dirt and the weeds. Ooh, I got this while I was outside raking the leaves. Just and and, they, and and even in that scene, they they, they definitely have tape down leaves on top of her nipples in that scene while they spin yeah. around so it's um i don't know it's uh, it, it was interesting but very well made considering that you have the hip tease out there where it's very very infuriating and they only use like angles uh, you know yeah. infuriating but excellent angles here it's like very well done and the body doubles are are very well put to use there's even a shot where she's facing away from the camera and and you see someone with uh, you know, uh, someone with the breasts out. So, like during the sex scene with Kent, like uh, on the bed when Kent's a nice guy ish when he's recording and whatnot. Uh, yeah, there's like uh, it's very very close. Like there are shots during it where it cuts from. You know, believe believe me, I paused. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, I no, God damn it. I went back. <laughs> I put A and B on my DVD player and went back and forth. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah. I mean, like, as, like, there's even, like, a part in it where Kent is, like, you know, they're making out or whatever, and it's a side angle, and, like, the camera pans down, and as it gets to her breasts, you know, where you would normally see it, Kent's hand moves just in, like, in the perfect frame, and, like, yep. you know, he's, you know, massaging her breasts or whatever, and it covers her nipple like that. It's like, wow, it's really really smart like if you'd asked me if i saw her nipples during this movie like with her Hell face yeah, the same time. I did, baby. <laughs> hey, bro, what are you talking no, about no, he did. 
<laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's very, very smart. Uh, choreographed. I mean, it, it is yeah. choreographed action, therefore not uh, just right. n- not grungy sex shot with one camera, like many movies yeah. of this kind. You know, uh, as the nineties, ninety two, ninety three, and ninety four went on, you know, you you could see like, you know, if you were to equate it in like, uh, for some reason, I'm thinking like the classier movies were made like for an hour, the less classy movies were made in ten minutes. You know, they didn't spend anything. They just okay, bone. Shoot, cat, <laughs> moving on. You know, it's uh, the Edward there. Uh, cat, print, moving on. <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Let's go. <laughs> and uh, by the way, no one can rival the, you know, deadly abusive husband roles um, uh, that Anthony Wong give, g- gave us in Billy Chung's Love to Kill, which is a fantastic category three movie. Uh, you know, or it's not fun the the lengths he goes to, to like keep his woman with him you know mm-hmm. uh it's a very good movie we'll, we'll definitely bring up uh, love to kill and uh, this he chains her to the wall you know at one point you know and keeps her ke- keeps her really close to him in that regard but one of those very underrated uh, and i mentioned uh, anthony wong performances uh, actually scary as hell scary um and there's no there, 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 there's no fun to domestic uh, de- uh, abuse they don't make that movie out of you know uh, they do yeah. have goofy go- goofy sections in that movie but it doesn't take away from the fact that Anthony Wong is scary as fuck in that movie. Uh, so th- th- there is a drive here to me anyway, because um, I liked her, you know, her, her, despite her hellish journey so far. I, I was engaged, and and yeah. and then she gets into insurance, and then she meets her fellow mainlander Fung, played by Pauline Chan, who's made it, uh, so to say, because she's a she's a club girl, she's a hostess, she's a hooker, but she's not. She her argument that that. She hasn't sunken too deep into it. She only like takes a guy or two, uh, b- you know, business uh, once or twice every night. So, so she learns, teaches Ying that a woman should use her body. But just as soon as I thought I knew where the, mo- the movie was going, right. Ying doesn't go into that profession. Yeah, where are these whores from China? Yeah, man? they're nowhere, man. There's only one, you know, singular, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> Uh, yeah, she's a part-time character. She's not even a... what. Yeah, that's the marketing ploy, obviously, to get yeah. someone in. They didn't even fucking know that Isabel Chow was in Sex and Sam because the UK cover doesn't say. It does say Pauline Chan escaped from brothel, but uh, then it says uh, her Chinese name Chow or something, and there's no title underneath uh, Isabel yeah. Chow. They didn't even know she was in Sex and Sam. Sex and Sam was a pretty marketable title in the UK. Yeah. Uh, it, it should, you know, because it was a big movie, it made a splash in the early nineties and all of that. So, shame they didn't do their homework, Eastern heroes. But uh, I don't know. It, it's always, it, it's not a reference role for Pauline Chan, but I like seeing her. She's she, she's as gorgeous as ever, despite wearing pink, oh, pi- pink uh, tight trousers. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I, I I'm always stunned at her incredible beauty. I mean, you can say that about a million women, obviously. But you know, I I always liked her. She did do well in certain movies she does really well in escape from brothel and it seems like she could have developed herself you know quite quite well she because that face had a and entire being had a presence as well she, she she's great in a, a very minor category three movie i bought on vcd you know under blue it's called a sudden love which is you know a, a romantic category three drama she she just she's just gorgeous she the the movie set in like a holiday paradise and what have you and they uh, she's just absolutely gorgeous. The camera really loved her. 
and uh, even though she doesn't do a lot here, you know, she she has a bit of nudity, uh, a bit of nudity and sex here, but it's just, you know, it's comfort presence as I always say, and I, I like seeing right. Pauline Chan in whatever she did, you know, and uh, it was great to see her in mainstream movies eventually at least one uh, she was in from beijing with love playing that uh, assassin with guns in her uh, bra or 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 clothes you know <laughs> but but the guns were located uh, at her breast <laughs> at her breast area so but um so i don't know i don't know if you thought about this too deeply but did you also think uh you know uh, as the movie went along now here here comes the hooker angle now ying is going to be unfortunately a hooker uh, but... oh yeah most definitely i, I thought when uh, she came into it, it was like oh okay well now she's going to introduce her to the world of uh you know prostitution and that's where the rest of this movie's going and uh it was really kind of a surprise to find her you know pauline chan playing just like a bit character who pops mm-hmm. in and out like maybe three or four scenes or something like that, you yeah. know? Yeah. That was a, I, I, actually kind I, of a shock. I would say it's, you, you could deem it a supporting role, uh, to be really fair. Uh, right. Not a, not a walk-on cameo or anything, but, uh, no. uh, but a supporting role and all of that. Uh, uh, she, she teaches her to like, you, you got to make use of your body. She, she doesn't teach her in any graphic way, but uh, so we're thinking here, we're letting into a flick for the lads, but you know what? It's a movie with somewhat stronger women than you expect which is a good thing it isn't as cheap and transparent exploitation this although that argument is probably very wafer thin if a woman is listening to this <laughs> but you know what? I, I i do think it's a stronger movie for for women because they, they don't uh, they, you know they do show her uh getting ahead ahead in life a yeah. lot more uh, than setbacks right so uh, when she go, but but when she goes into, obviously the uh, the uh, insurance uh, trade, you know she she uh, she knows men are weak, you know. <laughs> she uh, she becomes an insurance agent, like insurance agent, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then she sexes up her insurance tactics. Uh, and the only really goofy scene is with a doctor that was bound to be played by Charlie Chow, but it looks Had- like uh, a clone of Charlie Chow. <laughs> Really, because it, you know it is a guy with glasses, a total pervert, oh, yeah. uh, and she goes into there. Oh, doctor, I have breast cancer. Can you feel? Yeah, I might have breast cancer. Can you feel it? And then he goes, <laughs> you know, in a millisecond, these perverts come out. And you know what? That's that's uh, um, po- that, that's men being poked fun at, in my opinion. You know, right. rightly so. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because she comes out, you know, she uses her body but doesn't commit to, you know, uh, him uh, actually being utilized by him or anything, you know, because uh, she gets clients, you know. Right. <laughs> and and I, I don't know if you want to talk about, um, if you remember uh, the, the foot rub sequence leading to uh, a signature on an insurance deal. <laughs> you I remember don't... that? Yeah, it was part That's... of a little montage uh, where, where she sits in a barn, like, uh, rubs her foot on his crotch. And, uh, oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, and, and then yeah, he yeah. signs almost in undercranked fashion, you know. <laughs> Deal. <laughs> oh, he playing a little footsie with his crotch and like immediately sign over his life or what yeah. have you. It's, 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 a, the whole movie, like uh, that's that's one thing I do like about it is the fact that I don't know. Maybe I, I'm probably reading too far into it, but I do think it's a film that kind of deals with. Uh, basically the rat race you know and i think that uh her character 
you know, can be seen in a couple of different ways. I think she could be seen as, you know, a woman who stands up for herself and becomes this uh, slightly virtuous, like, slightly more virtuous human being in a world full of just uh, disgusting individuals, you know. Uh, I think uh, she could be seen as that. I think she can also be seen as a woman who comes in as a naive girl but then leaves as just another member of this kind of slimy society, you know, where she becomes so taken into the business world and things like that that, like, there's a point that we're kind of getting to where she eventually starts an uh, uh, affair with uh, an older gentleman who, within... who, who I, I I think they were referring to him as someone she met earlier I can't for the life of me remember where they uh, met no. in the movie I, I, just, I think didn't she just come in for a, a you know a job or whatever an interview I yeah, thought that was maybe. their first meeting but no I mean it's like then and then from there it's like pretty much okay now we're getting married or what have you you know, and we're starting up this big relationship, and uh, yeah, she because he he's kind of taken uh, to you know he, he he likes her because he he signs like a major insurance deal right. with her, and you're thinking oh, like okay, it's gonna lead to sexual favors, but that's something she's apparently very okay with because she's in control. She's not right. a whore from China because if no. you if you see that uh, partial sex scene. Where when she goes to his home and uh, he sits her down in a massage chair and they they go at it, you know she she gives him a hand job essentially, and right. he and he and comes he... Uh, he comes very fast and then it's over. No need for sex, you know she's in control of what she's doing, uh, which is not usual for these movies. You know you know where it's kind of going, and they, mm-hmm. this movie I like the developments that she's uh, she's using the system and men. Right, yeah, that's what I'm saying. That she becomes, uh, she takes control of the system, and ultimately, like the sequence uh, later on, how she gets out of that relationship, and then the eventual like her becoming more and more of a a user of the system or someone who's more crafty and wily than all of the you know scumbags that kind of surround her. It's either you know it's either her becoming a powerful character who can be looked at with you know honor or it's her becoming a powerful character who's even you know just the system corrupts her to such a, a way that she becomes even more corrupted than everyone around her i mean it, it it's one or the other you know kind of to me and i like that i think that's really interesting for a movie like this to be doing you know but i could be reading too heavy into it. I'm not sure. I think uh, I think it's uh, valid that you can read that's uh, that, that you can get that from the movie. So um, I actually do agree. Uh, you know, it's a rags to riches story and all of that. And I I never really wanted her to be taken down. I, I liked her, mm-hmm. you know, uh, her travels, if you will. But surely there's some gloom ahead because there's a one third of the movie. There's one third of the movie left when all is great, you know. So. Um, so we'll, we'll we'll get a little bit without spoiling the entire movie what what the gloom is in this mm-hmm. movie. But getting back to all of this, uh, did you think that this was above average in terms of how it's crafted and shot? This movie, yeah, I think that yeah, I think it's a very well made movie that probably could have had some tinkering done to the script. You know, but I think it's probably a movie that was probably shot very quick and everything like that. So I don't think there's like a whole lot of love and time put behind it. You know, they probably couldn't afford that. But I do think it's well made. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a lot of things. I think some of the sex scenes in it are 
very, you know, hot, you know. <laughs> I think oh, yeah. it does get the job done. I think the scene we mentioned earlier with the back massager chair, even though the old dude's some crusty old guy, it's still, you know, pretty, you know... was a dad, really. He looked like he was fairly in shape, though it's not like he was eight years old, man. So, <laughs> to, to be fair, you know. Let's, uh, what do you think? I mean, we, he's got to be, like, 50-something, yeah, 60, yeah, right? Yeah. I mean, it's, and she's very young, you know. I mean, he... It's not unheard of, for fuck's sake, you know, 50-year-old <laughs> businessman, men marrying, like, some pretty young, pretty young I'm not, I'm not saying that, I'm just saying, like... I'm I don't saying it's great! <laughs> That's what I'm saying, Ken. <laughs> I want it, myself, when I'm 50! <laughs> okay, I'll have sex with him, fine, Ken. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but no, no, that scene is uh, very, you know, strong, I think, like, it's pretty hot stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree, mm-hmm. and, uh... I get, seen as this is also, you know, fairly well made. I, I could have seen some closer actors being worked into this. You know, I, I, we know certain actors did appear in this. You know, left the right side where you have Anthony Wong or what have you. But I don't know. You, you know, looking at the guy she meets, you know, the young young guy that she eventually marries, um, uh, Marco Chung, right. played by an infrequent actor called Ho Ying Wai. I could have seen like uh, I don't know a, a Y C Lee playing that character. I, I saw Y C Lee from the Cat and Bullet in the Head right. as Marco Chung for some reason. I, I could have seen like so to say name actors uh, being worked into this. So um, it, it because it keeps it kind of classy. Uh, it's right. not uh, despite. The one doctor scene that still keeps it very classy, you know, it's not filled with that goofiness. Even even that scene, the doctor sequence, I mean, everything's done behind a curtain, you know, I mean, it's not really, like, uh, an explicit scene, it's just kind of, you know, goofy sex comedy stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, did you at any point feel that she became unsympathetic uh, as she juggled men and uh, climbed the, climbed the ladder? That's where it, it becomes interesting for me, like in the last quarter of the movie, you know, it's kind of a back and forth argument in my head between what she is, you know, for the most part, I'm like, oh, she, you know, she kind of, I don't know, she just takes so such control over the situation, you know, it's like, is she better than those that she's, you know, putting down, and I think, I guess she is, you know, in a lot of ways, but she's also become one with the type of system she's been fighting against. Mm-hmm. They, they never really follow through on it firmly because they, they introduce uh, they introduce uh, Kent again uh, at, at the tail end of the movie. He's a pill popper and he walks out of a psychiatric psychiatric that, yeah, like, ward. That's that's the thing. Like we, you know, Kent was gone forty minutes ago, probably like thirty forty minutes ago, and then he's, the scene that he finally makes his return is him walking out of a psychiatric hospital, popping some kind of new pills or whatever. Yeah, but it's like. But he, he is let out, though, so it's not like right. he is said to the doctors, like, I want to kill women. Well, take these pills, young man. Have a good day. So, so he must have, like, you know, they don't explain that he went crazy, I guess, after she left, after Ying left him. But you assume that, mm. you know, obviously he has to, or that or he's been taking, you know, going to doctors or whatever for a long period of time. I mean, a lot of undeveloped stuff going on with the character of Kent, and it kind of makes his reintroduction in the movie kind of bizarre. Yeah, I mean, I mean it's a, it's a, it's an entertaining uh, final right. stretch of the movie, I give it that, but I, I, yeah. I thought it was also... Uh, I did think that out of any characters, they must reintroduce him because they can't leave us on a death threat, essentially, right. because he was too strong of a threat uh, by him, I think, without him abusing her, but that, that was still 
a very strong threat, but um, they they do, and I I. I, I'm not very convinced it ties together the movie and the themes, but it is an entertaining, darker uh, final stretch of the movie. Uh, right, know. right. I think, and it's also smart, you know, the especially the way things come together at the end. It's almost like a, I'm not going to say a heist movie, but yeah, the things are set into place where she kind of gets over on him and she is so kind of conniving and putting things together that uh, the audience doesn't see exactly where it's going, mm-hmm. but this character of Ying kind of puts together this perfect plan in order to, you know, remove this threatening character from her life who mm-hmm. could potentially hurt her status in society at this point. Well, it's also threatening to her life, too. I mean, it's not right. like he's uh, like, I'm gonna speak, right. like, I'm gonna speak to the tabloids about her, you know, he, 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 he is a, he is a killing, he's a killing psycho too, you know, it seems right. like he's, he's one step close, uh, one step away from being a murderer. Essentially, you know? yeah, from what I understand, it's like he wants her to be a sex slave or something for the rest of his life or whatever, is almost what I get out of mm. it, that or kill her. Yeah, it's, she... it's one of those classic villains that, uh, like, if he, he, he he would he would be very emotional, you know. Uh, if he had her, you know, he would be like, "I love you so much, uh, right. I, I will never hurt you." And then he would snap into, "I'm gonna fucking kill you, you fucking bitch!" You know, it's one of those scary uh, scary villains. Uh, that is kind of a stock villain in this uh, in this movie's case. Uh, I, that's why I don't think the movie wraps up very well considering what it had built up but I still think it's an entertaining uh, end and uh, well shot well crafted it got some sweet violence at the end too right oh you know, yeah so um, and, and uh, without spoiling anything we will remain spo- non-spoilery but I'll just say this uh, there's a mask in this one pre-rape by an angel <laughs> so um, I don't know if you sh- should say that rape by an angel couldn't have existed without the girls from China but there you go. There is a mask here. There is a plot point here too. So. Yes. Uh, looked a bit more goofy this mask, but still, all that scary white neutral mask. So. Yeah, it, it works. You know, mm. it's definitely. You know, anytime you take a a mask with like you know very little facial features and what have you, you know, it's kind of creepy. Yeah. That's why Slenderman's so popular on the internet. <laughs> Slenderman. I just wanted to name drop that character because I've been watching YouTube videos about it all the time. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, so, uh, final thoughts. I don't have too many. I, I do recognize what you're saying, but, uh, uh, but but the things you have read into the movie, I have as well, and I think it's still a, a consistent like journey that I like to see. And, and I like the fact that it uh, is more about a strong woman and with and it ha- doesn't have as much sex as you w- would think, you know, because uh, they, lit- they 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 literally plot it like show so she doesn't have a lot of sex scenes, two yeah. primarily, like two yeah, two like likely. completed ones if you would. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, if you don't count the chair sequence. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <clears throat> Which I don't because uh, it, that's my point, you know, uh, that right. I said earlier that I think she's in control, you know, and and men are quick uh, quick comers anyway. So uh, as we all know terrible lovers yes <laughs> but uh so that, that that's kind of my final uh, final thought and I, I i do like it uh, i liked it more than i thought actually um going into it kind of blind despite having watched it once many years ago i, I feel, thought it was surprisingly solid and not as filthy as the retitle would 
whatever you think. Uh, very uh, entertaining retitle for sure, but not a, f- a fair retitle at all by Eastern Heroes. Not at all. <laughs> no. Not in the least. And, and in this case, I think uh, the movie deserved a bit of, you know, good luck. Or, uh, you know, uh, to, it deserves a good rep. But right. uh, but uh, still, uh, that's that's what we have. So, any any other final thoughts from you? Uh, no, uh, I do. You know, thinking, talking about it, and everything like that, kind of even helps put my own opinion, you know, in place about it. You know, it's a movie that I would probably wholeheartedly recommend people check out. But you know, it's a movie that I think has a lot, you know, a decent amount of things to say, and I think it's really smart in areas and things like that you know i think it could have used some tinkering and it could have been probably great mm-hmm. but as it is it's just it's an interesting project i, I would be like i would tell people to check it out for mm-hmm. sure if they're looking for kind of different cat three movies oh yeah definitely mm-hmm. maybe once you're into the genre if you feel that you are into the genre mm-hmm. and have gone through some of the essentials uh, right so uh we'll probably catch it at that point uh as I said, the movie was available on VHS in the UK as Horse from China. Also put out in the Netherlands on Eastern Heroes, uh, other labels, uh, or on either on Hollywood East or Forbidden Asia. But as the BBFC didn't cut anything in the UK, it, uh, because it's not a very graphic or violent movie, I doubt it was longer in Holland a la Escape from Brothel or, uh, or Rock on Fire. As they were cut in the UK, but those Forbidden Asia and Hollywood East tapes of those respectively they were uncut uh, but I doubt this uh, was actually uh, it, you know because the primar- primarily the violence towards the end looks super intact obviously if you know what yeah. I mean you know the bloodshed towards the end so so so, so I doubt it so. uh, having said that uh, that was a very idiotic thing to say because we didn't even watch the UK tape, tape but I do know this that there's no listing of any cuts on the BBFC website then the running time that they list suggests that it's the complete running time close to 100 minutes so yeah so I'm thinking that uh, Maya in Hong Kong also put out a Laserdisc uh, and probably on VCD and possibly VHS as well but never a DVD so it's possibly hard to find now but search eBay and if it comes down to it check out if it's on the file sharing forums uh, because um, if you're interested you have to kind of go that route I think as well and, uh, and uh, yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty much it. We are taking a break to uh, check out a another 1992 movie that uh, I don't know the retitle. If they would have retitled this horse from China, then that would have made a lot more sense, I think, for for China Absolutely. dolls. <laughs> so, but uh, we'll check out China dolls starring Amy Yip and uh, in a small role, Lam Xin Ying and supporting role Wu Ma in a category three movie. <laughs> wow. We'll check out that after the break, so see you later. Welcome back, and this is the review of China Dolls from 1992, and a little bit of background that we can provide on that one. It's not much, but um, there's always a little, little here to provide perspective and uh, yeah, perspective if you will. So, 
also a 1992 production like Gods from China. And uh, Category 3 movies were kind of hitting their stride during this year and in particular next year. And they would keep reproducing or producing like crazy for two or three years starting in 91, 92. And we, we are echoing the same immigrant coming to Hong Kong and hope for a better future template here with this movie. But it's not uh, structured in the same way at all. The, she actually becomes, you know, a, 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 a hooker in this one. So, uh, Starring Amy Yip, uh, who's wow. not made to be a sight gag in this movie. Yeah. Because if you don't know, listeners, Amy Yip has big fake boobs. And they normally, um, that, that was normally, you know, highlighted for comedic effects. But uh, not in this one. She's put as lead in an actual role alongside classy acts such as Lam Xinging, Mr. Vampire himself. Wu Ma, as well as Charlie Cho in uh, some fantastic <laughs> and unexpected... Uh, like Charlie Cho. Uh, absolutely classy actors. Uh, obviously, uh, he, he is versatile in this one, as we'll yes. explain. And also co-starring Tem- Tem- Temptation Summary 2's Lee Yutsin as uh, the fellow, uh, fellow hooker of Amy uh, character. Temptation Summary uh, movies, uh, 1 and 2, they, they feature that appearance of a Category 3 man, you know, the Category 3 Superman. But they are different, and the second one is lovely because it is a movie that takes you behind the scenes of the Category 3 industry, like Viva Erotica did, but this one is a whole lot of fun. Actually, the best image I remember from that movie is actually that scripts of Category 3 movies, they come in, they always deliver them, even in pre-planning stages, in in folders or with covers with pre-printed uh, freeze Artwork. in gold you know <laughs> so you know exactly that what kind of script you are reading you know <laughs> so pre-printed freeze in gold <laughs> so it makes it all all classy so uh, another infrequent director is uh, what we're dealing with here Young Shi Kin who helmed uh, this one and co-wrote the script uh, and also the year before gave us Veronica Yip taking a long 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 bath in Pretty Woman uh, which was uh, kind of a schizo Hong Kong movie because it had awful rape and dopey office comedy gunplay and Veronica Yip taking a long, long, long bath. Very long, about 10 minutes. That's classic little sequence. He actually had one more movie and that was uh, very much later on. It's uh, one of the two movies based on the same body parts found in Hello Kitty Doll's crime, true life crime. <laughs> His movie was called There is a Secret in My Soup. I don't know how that makes sense. It starred uh, Michael Wong, yeah, and the, the other movie was called Human Pork Chop, yeah. which was uh, had nothing to do with them cooking them or anything. So I, I don't know, but they came out on the same day, I believe, as well. Nice. This uh, quickie just to um, cash in on the crime. Uh, very very heinous crime too. I mean, so yeah. but there, there you go. Human pork chop was kind of good, you know. It was really tough to watch, and uh, it was meant to. So, uh, uh, starred uh, Wayne Lai from Intruder, the guy who's uh, forced to force. Well, he's mostly in a wheelchair in Intruder, that category three movie. Uh, but anyway, plots from my review of the film: Amy plays mainlander May, who flees with her husband. Tries to flee with her husband to Hong Kong after he's murdered the man, but soon he's dead at the hands of the Hong Kong police. And uh, 
she uh, Amy is left uh, she she's left uh, obviously with her infant son and she leaves him in the hands of a good-hearted traffic cop played by Lam Xinying and eventually Amy a few years later may actually ends up in Macau as a prostitute under slave-like conditions yeah so that's a simple enough plot you I, I i'm sure you could follow this movie i hope i hope yes <laughs> so yes. So, in, so in short what did you think of it um i don't know of the two you know it's like china dolls to me probably you know even though it's more of a straight drama mm-hmm. you know i think it's also probably the film that's more like of a fits into like a genre you know type and I think that it's a little more, even though it's a little harder in areas, it's a little more palatable because of that. And uh-huh. uh, it may not have a lot of, you know, shocks and wonders and differentiate from the pack as much. There's still that safety net of, uh, you know, genre expectations. And even though this is a film that kind of delves more into the dramatic while also showing women in cages being hit with you know water hoses and whatnot mm-hmm. it, it's still mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. i think yeah. it delivers yeah. in both areas <laughs> <laughs> and you've got a nasty charlie Cho. so yeah that's uh that's that will get to because mm-hmm. you nasty is usually like yeah i know it's nasty because Gross. it's usually nasty no, no 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 you have not seen this side of this it. guy this is this guy is villainous. fucking believable yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my. Yeah, we, we'll we'll get to that. Uh, we're gonna we, we're gonna spoil Charlie Cho's appearance definitely. Oh yeah, most uh, definitely. He's in it enough that yeah, uh, there's no spoiling it really. Um, but but I I do like it as well. Amy Yip does fairly well, I think, in this. Somewhat. Oh, I think so as well. I think uh, she's really good. You know, they, as they, far they, as they, handling. Yeah, I mean, it's not. It was so rare for her to get a chance at a lead role. I mean, you right. here's the side gag. Yeah, you know, oops. You know, <laughs> I, I, I did, I, I did like as a joke uh, on a prior episode, like try to approximate what the process behind the scenes would be like when they called Amy into their office, you know, for another casting session. She, so she, she would essentially like go into go into the office, like, so do you want? It's a comedy, yeah. You want a comedy? So, Comedy to be centered around my boobs, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what bra okay, should I wear? Okay, okay. <laughs> yeah. But uh, here is a le- rare chance of the lead role, and we 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 are engaged in her right. emotional journey. I think so anyway. To find her son uh, while working off her debt to a triad boss, uh, Wu Ma's triad boss, by being a hooker, and it's pretty straight and serious. Charlie Cho is goofy. And frightening, mm-hmm. as we alluded to, because it, it, it's kind of disarming, you know. That's that, that's goofy Charlie Cho as usual. Right. And in a later scene, uh oh, I don't like Charlie anymore. <laughs> you know, Charlie scares me. <laughs> but uh, this director, director Young Shikin, treats the movie as I said seriously. Knows where to push and knows there's exploitation to be made here. But there's also a real movie to be made here, and mm-hmm. and and the director does that. You know, with established faces like Amy, like Wu Mai in a supporting role, and Lam Xing Ying in this free four scene role that is still crucial to the movie. Yeah. So uh, that's what I like. Uh, so so let. Let's go through the movie a little bit. There, I it's a low, probably a low budget movie, but I think it's uh, 
oftentimes also also like girls from china fairly well shot you know they're mm-hmm. they're, they're it's like earthy imagery when shooting the mainland sections so, you know shooting in the fishing yeah. village you know it looks straight but it looks also very uh you know as it should not stylized just because they could do anything and uh mm-hmm. and but but i was initially confused because uh during that wedding reception for someone you, you know you have girls arriving that uh, this character of tong which turns out to be amy yip's husband uh actor mm-hmm. who plays tong is uh suen kwok ming it looks like he has brought in girls and they say something you know, this was the only confusing part for me. They, they just frank dialogue from the girls where they say like, oh, tonight your dick starts working. Referring yeah. to the fact that there's someone's honeymoon. But it seems like they're re- directing that to him. So it's like, oh my God, what's going on here? I'm confused already. But then you get her introduction scene, Amy. So do explain that and, and why it's not the usual yip tease. <laughs> Definitely not a, a usual yip in the least uh, we follow like some triad type thug slash with glasses therefore with glasses oh yeah he's typical like (laughs) yes like a little rat type character he uh, goes wandering down an alleyway in order to pee he has natural call Right, right. Uh, I always love that in the subtitles. Boss, I have natural call. Yeah, I guess he has to say that to his boss. You know. <laughs> yeah, so what? Fucking pee. <laughs> Don't uh, tell me. It's like, we're, we're outside of this guy's home. Why don't you go use the bathroom? But instead of that, of course, he goes down this alley between the homes or what have you. And uh, he finds a window, of course. And he, so he's going to take a peep, you know. And inside of it, we find Amy Yip, who happens to be nursing her brand new child you know mm-hmm. and uh yeah so it's a yip tease featuring an infant clocking our vision of her supple breasts but that's all natural you know that's there, I mean, what, no, it's, what, it's, that what it's, that would happen it's not like right. uh, 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 one of those annoying camera positions you know what we it's can't not really say, a you know? tease really it, you know it's a fact of the matter it, so it gets this guy off because he's a freak and uh he's out there and he starts guy you know he starts basically masturbating because obviously you would if you're in an alleyway watching a woman nurse a child and uh well, speak for yourself Joshua <laughs> <laughs> so you know this inevitably leads to him trying to rape her as you normally would and uh this is that... all expected beats which is not the most good thing for the movie that it goes no. those expected beats so, <laughs> right. but, uh, but go on yeah, and this inevitably leads to uh, Amy Yip's husband getting in a fight with this gentleman, and the you know, the gentleman being what I thought was initially killed, but still lived for a few minutes while the police came in and a deal was struck. Yeah, that... it was shot in the chest. So it was not like it was a chest wound. It was bound to die yeah. within minutes, and and as and you the... said, he he does. <laughs> and the, yeah, the police officer shows up instead of everybody being like, "Let's rush this guy to the hospital." You know, like, let's jump up, let's do it. And they're all like, hold on a second, let's talk about this. So (laughs) if he dies, you're going to have to do that. And this, you know, it's like they're sitting there making a deal while also sitting there, this gentleman's dying. Yeah, and if he lives, then uh, the husband uh, must, uh, of Amy must pay the the, uh, cost for him to to stay in the hospital and all of that. And uh, and then he dies and uh, then run. (laughs) Yeah. Run away. But but, but 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 as as I don't like this setup a whole lot, but I do 
believe and it works for the movie if you put your mind uh, to this place that tragedy tragedy and poor luck can strike quickly that makes sense to me in cinema uh so so you know what once you're into that once you're out of that kind of shaky shaky setup uh, the, the movie um movie becomes uh, a whole lot better right but, uh, but i really do love the intro to to her uh, to her character because uh, you know we, we she's been doing this for erotic ghost story and sex and sin and whatever these yipties and, and for this movie where she's got a dramatic lead role they're not gonna you know be you know joking like poking fun at the audience like they did before you know this is i i know what i've done before can we do this but still maintain like a dramatic arc by showing me breastfeeding my child yeah sure right on that that's what it would look like you know so it's not yeah. it's not infuriating at all so if, if anything it's clever yiptis so, so right. suck on that scholar scholar view on cinema <laughs> What are you talking about, Yiptis? What's that about? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's more like it. Yeah, anyone? You know, Yiptis? Yeah, you know. Anyone? Just me? Oh. No. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, me? Leave now? Okay. I okay. can't yeah. discuss out. cinema with you guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. Um, so, um, you know, that all gives uh, gets us to Hong Kong and Lam Shi Ying's appearance. And I, I don't know about you, but I, I found it I think he's excellent in the movie, despite not yeah. doing a lot, but he's a very crucial character. And I, I don't know, seeing him introduced in, not in a Category 3 movie necessarily, oh my god, he's in a Category 6 movie, but his presence, you know, uh, as a solid, you know, actor, he's a great actor, but, you know, he, he can just be there and uh, the movie instantly takes a jump, you know, uh, the joint is closeted up a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and, and you only see, uh, you fucking see him in the background and you still notice it's Lam Ching Ying, you know, a little bit out of focus in the background. That's his introduction. Yeah. And you still notice it's, it's him. So I, I don't know. I, I found that very, the movie really took a step up when seeing, seeing like the cool collaboration, which could have happened easily, but it's still cool. The cool collaboration between these two actors, Amy Yip and Lam Ching Ying. You know? Yeah, and he's one of the very few, like, decent people in the movie. Yeah, you know, as is, but you know, he's also you know, Munching Ying, so he's he brings that uh, level of professionalism to the movie, you know. Yeah, and and it's not the movie that uh, telegraphs that it's going to be a long, a ninety minutes, you know, long and poor excuse for for featuring lots of sex scenes. It, it, it yeah. definitely isn't that, and I think seeing as they cast the people they cast, I think they, they, they were clear about what they were they were aiming for, even though they might not have provided them with a full script. At least the reason... I mean, Lam Shin Ying didn't sign on to these kind of movies otherwise, you know? Yeah. Uh, so um, uh, there's excellent squibs and headshots, by the way, during this uh, opening that has a little bit of gunplay, and her husband mm-hmm. is killed there with a headshot in the rain. Yeah. Brutal. So that, that looks pretty, pretty excellent. Actually, you know, I, I like, uh, I like when headshots are executed well. You know, yeah, uh, it, it comes the, scene, the scenes in Nobody's Hero. If you ever saw that one, that's uh, yeah. fantastic stuff. It, it comes out of nowhere too. Yeah, I mean, you you kind of expect something to go down, but maybe not like a brutal headshot like that. So when the violence hits, you know, it makes an impact. Mm-hmm. So it's it's a good beat on top of being a really good effect. And and she, she's 
she manages to balance the fact that she has scenes of very melodramatic acting and very quiet mm-hmm. moments as well. I, I, I think she does because obviously in the rain while she's on her knees, you know, begging for Lam Xingying to like spare her uh, or at least spare her son, you know, uh, I think right. she does very well. She's committed and, and she is a pretty decent actress. You know, she's when got I a very, her a very vi- like her face, you know, the expressions that she can bring out. She's, she's, she is a very talented actress, you know. Like there are scenes in it where you just you feel tremendous amount of pity for her as a character, mm. and it's based generally just on her, you know, kind of moping face at times. You know. Yeah, there's definitely a sadness in that face. I agree, and uh, and and uh, it takes a lot to communicate that. I mean, mm-hmm. it's not enough just to show up, be pretty, and just stand there. You know, you have to commit right. to the material too, and have a director who believes in you. And uh, I think uh, Amy Ip, uh, would she, if she would continued in the industry, you know, could have. Uh, done very well for herself right. you know but uh, what's there is pretty good queen of underworld is i don't know if uh, i remember it as wacky or anything but it's a violent movie but she playing you know uh, a gangster boss of a you know a gangster empire or what have you that that's that's entirely believable to me it, it, it's still a, a quite a goofy movie considering how violent queen of underworld is but still it never it was never rated category three despite that so but yeah. uh, she does well. I mean, it's not like uh, I I was taken out of the movie due to her. If anything, movies like Inspector Westgirts 2 is a movie where I'm taken out of uh, taken out of the movie due to her because she is obviously a sight gag only, and it kind of becomes tiring after a while. Like, yeah, are you going to make another joke about her tits? Well, have another <laughs> one. No, doot, doot. Uh, the problem with Inspector Wears Skirts on episodic, as we discussed earlier, that's yeah. so that has no plot. They have no plot whatsoever. They have various training sequences and a lot of ah, yeah, and uh, and then an action sequence tagged on at the end, and that's it. <laughs> so uh, it really is one of those examples where it became boring. Uh, right. But um, one of the few examples for me actually where that didn't work. But uh, there you go. Uh, Ruma is a bastard in this one. Oh my god. <laughs> The other, the otherwise likable Wu Ma, who can play it, heinous and evil. I mean, uh, he was great in Hong Kong 1941 as um, quite a heinous uh, leader. Remember, he put uh, like uh, firecrackers in people's ears in that movie and tortured yeah. them that way, and yeah. they exploded in the ears. No splat. And so Wu Ma can be a vicious uh, boss here, and he goes to town, you know really goes to town you know he seems like a kind boss initially but then mm-hmm. she gets into his stable and then shits on you know yeah he's the grandmaster pimp of this organization <laughs> charlie chose his right hand and he, he doesn't really need right hands because he'll slap the shit out of you with his feet yes if you give him the chance it's oh, like a quite long sequence of uh, Wumai of holding her down with his feet and slapping kicking her in the face and just stomping almost on her breast all over Amy yep yeah he, not her must... naked breast though no uh, no, no. <laughs> it was not Wuma's <laughs> responsibility to maintain maintain the yiptis <laughs> <laughs> but they were you know it was a very kind of like a, a wife beater or something like that it was very uh mm, I don't know, you know, you could see the boobies jumbling around as he's smacking them with his feet. <laughs> what just killed uh, me was the kick in the face. That was just, ooh, oh yeah, no. There's like three of them in there. He's bam, oh, yeah. bam, slapping her with his foot. And it's like, it's one of those things where it's like, if you watch pro wrestling or something, it's those slaps that 
you know, you can tell are physically real. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ooh, you know, ow. You know, you know he really hit her with his foot. And, you know, it probably hurt a little bit, too. You know, it's not like a brutal, like, she probably got a busted lip or anything from it. But no, it, no, no, no. No, it, it's, it's pretty, like, painful looking. Yeah. And, and this scene is when she has gone to Macau to, um, because she, she gets fired from her, uh, from her hotel job as a waitress. Right. And uh, then she asks Mr. Lau, who he plays, uh, because she's heard that she has something set up in Macau, you know. And uh, I was kind of unclear of, about the fact that she might know that there is a prostitute job looming. Right. And the other girls doesn't. The other girls that are actually brought in from China to Macau. So I, I was kind of unclear of the fact if she was she was clear about that fact because in during the traveling sequence to the cage she mm-hmm. she looks kind of sad you know and right. out of it it's not like she's sitting there like oh this is gonna be great you know huge possibilities so it seems like she goes there voluntarily as as it it might be financially sound to do so so it was kind of shaky development there in terms of uh, that's what i got anyway or didn't get hey. She was the only one who wore, like, uh, dark-colored clothes. Everybody else wore white when they were getting sprayed down with the hoses when they first arrived. Maybe, so, uh, maybe, yeah. a, uh, maybe a request <laughs> from Amy. And, I mean, I, that I sequence when there's hose down in the cage, obviously pure exploitation, and they obviously okay. get shots of them uh, you know, see through both pants yeah. and the shirts you know so we see pubic hair under the white pants and all of that mm-hmm. so they, they they definitely make sure to uh, to to catch that uh, yeah but, uh, very transparent literally excuses for sex but uh, it, but you know what it's uh you it obviously doesn't take me out of the movie it's part of the no, gloom kind of, of yeah it's part of the genre you know you kind of have that expectation going mm-hmm. into it you know mm-hmm and uh, I, I do agree that yeah, you can see it on her face, and it does seem like she knows. Seems like she does know something going into this. You know, she she's not jumping aboard the ship expecting to you know get out and have gold you know laid at her feet or anything mm-hmm. like that. No, something bad's gonna happen. All right, talk about Charlie Chow's entrance. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean it's the goofy part of the movie, but it it's definitely supposed to be there considering. The length Charlie Cho, uh, the, 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 this is white Charlie Cho, let's say. Charlie Cho will go dark in black places later on. Isn't he, is he introduced as the amazing Charlie? He, he, if not, he should have. I, I kind of think he was. It's in my notes, but I'm not sure if that was just me or. <laughs> yeah. really Here comes the amazing Charlie. I love you. <laughs> he, uh, yeah, he shows up uh, during the hose pipe scene. He is the. Dressed as basically like a, a lion tamer or <laughs> some sort of like, like, why would he do that? You know, he's a showman. Like, he really does. He, he takes it serious. Like you know, I'm. They, they have decorate. They have stage decorations and a stage. You know, and now Charlie and I, I would have. You know, I wouldn't have been surprised if they put the uh, audience, uh, you know, clapping on the soundtrack. Yeah. You know, yeah. It's it's very surreal. The whole sequence. He shows up and he gives them like a, a basically a brainwashing type pep talk that's going to be repeated on you know tape recorder for days you know on end telling them a, about their duties as a good prostitute and what have you. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, he does. He shows up in like a gold lame jacket and a giant uh, what do you call it? Like a hat, like Abraham Lincoln, but yeah. gold and uh, just peculiar 
<laughs> and he looks like he should be doing magic tricks on stage, <laughs> but he, he doesn't go that far, unfortunately. Nude clothed. Nude <laughs> clothed. <laughs> and I don't know, make her clothes disappear. And so, yeah, it's very weird, And but, you know... It's part of that, you know, you talked earlier about, you know, probably shot on a low budget and stuff like that, but it looks good. And, you know, that was also one of my notes. It's It really does. It hides its budgetary restraints very well. And I think that that sequence, you can tell it's basically a set, you know, just like some maybe shot in a warehouse. Probably not. Probably just a set. Decorated. The, 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 uh, for, for listeners, uh, the, the women are all in one cage. So it's a big one, yeah, cage. Yeah, a giant cage, like something you'd see out of a Bond movie or a Ninja Turtles <laughs> trap. Uh, yeah, it's, it's one giant cage in the center of a, uh, what we're believed to, to be a warehouse. But like half of the room outside of this big cage is that red uh, stage that's been set up for Charlie to make his grand entrance on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, there's a lot of red and a lot of, you know, carpet used in different areas. It looks, you know, it's very, dare I say, classy. <laughs> it's very it's very surreal and very... Um, I'm, I'm probably reaching here, but it is kind of smart to, to, to like, if we were on guard, we definitely kind of, uh, we lower our guard once Charlie Joe enters because ah oh, the movie's gonna be nice and goofy kind of and not all gloom so because we don't need to worry about Charlie at all. He's kind of he's kind of a goof so la 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 la, la. <laughs> he's, he's he's classically goofy here. And uh you know one of like two don't... movies where he's brutal uh, um the other one is uh, uh that whole fun movie Desire or something um uh, Hot Desire or whatever, where they, they, there's a like 10, 15 minute long rape scene at the end of it, mostly shot in slow motion, where he's really vicious. Yeah, he similar to uh, Wu Ma, you know, he's just he shows up, and at first seems to be, you know, kind of harmless, you know, at first. But both characters ultimately reveal themselves to be very violent, you know, characters throughout the course of the movie. Mm. And it, it's still a little bit away from the uh, cage scene where you actually find out how ruthless, you know, Charlie Cho's character is. You know? yeah, yeah, they kind of, uh, you know, they, they, they promise the girls, like, uh, you know, just work off your death and that's fine. And they obviously go, they, they don't uh, fulfill that promise. But I want to go back to the pre-taped propaganda that they had right. to listen to day and out where Charlie uh, explains the benefits of offering your body, like, uh, because you, yeah. you get a good medical plan and you get a good <laughs> discount when you want to buy a TV or a VHS or VCR. And then I paused and sat down. Okay. How would this work, you know? Would they get a card and the brand name Charlie would get you a discount, you know, in Macau? Oh, Charlie, of course, like 10% off. <laughs> yeah. Do you know Charlie? Oh, okay. Uh, so, <laughs> I don't know, it's absurd, kind of sadistic too, and funny, and arguably it is a mood breaker, but, but great also on its own, uh, and works for the movie, because it is absurd and right. rather funny, so, uh, yeah. <laughs> It, there's, there's a lot of little humor pepped in it, especially during that early half, you know, and it does kind of keep you, like I said, off guard. You know, you're not sure what to expect. When, uh, you know, Amy has to go on her first job, it's just, uh, yeah. you know, I, I ain't going to say a laugh riot, but it, it's intended to be in some ways, you know, especially her first customer, which I don't know if you want to go into that. Uh, sure, sure. Uh, if you want, if you dare. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, uh, yeah, her first customer when she shows up uh, at the thing, and like, you know, I'm 
just actually play in the movie while I watch it, you know, while we talk about it here. <laughs> it's and commentary like, all of a sudden. <laughs> it is, yeah. Okay, I don't but no, uh, like, her face on the way there was just, like, devastated. You know, she doesn't want to do this, and this is horrible and everything like that. Mm. They're but driving she, them to a love motel, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and I'm sure it was shot at an actual. <laughs> this is not a set. They didn't. They, they didn't build this yeah. good. This it looked too good. You know, too right, real. Yeah. So. It looks yeah what you'd expect it to be. And uh, yeah, when they got there and everything like that, um, her friend or a, another girl is taken in the other room by some guy who he looked like. Uh, Billy Chow. That's the first. I, I was thinking that as well. Fucking hell, is this Billy Chow? Is he in this movie? <laughs> I totally did. I was like, oh, it's Billy. He's gonna. Yay, Raper Billy. <laughs> and, we know, are he, damaged. He, it was a I. Billy Chow role too. You know, I mean, yeah. this guy who's only in the movie for like five minutes, he definitely makes an impression yeah. with his weird-looking beard or what have you. But uh, yeah, he's like he goes in there, has really aggressive sex with. Uh, this girl and yeah, her uh, friend of a Liutzin character right you know it, it's partially it's not like a rape scene or anything like that but it's a little bit I don't know there's, there's something off about it and like yeah, yeah know, they, they, they always ask to like you know want to take a bath first want to use a condom you know she yeah. she's barely into the room where he just you know in a cartoon yeah. way almost like grabs her you know whoop <laughs> you clothes off and yeah you know, she's like, you know, can you go slower and everything? And he's like, no, <laughs> you know, it, it's, it's <laughs> pretty creepy, yeah. but you know, and she has kind of warned Amy Ip about all the, like, this is going to happen. This is going to happen. Remember to do this. And, and after all is said and done, she is the one that gets, gets it the worst. Uh, right. Right. And Amy Ip goes into her room and it's really, you know, it's, it's a little person that is in the room with her. Yep. And, uh, you know, Apparently, there's a gentleman, I guess, that uh, was also kind of socially awkward. And, uh, you know, the first time, the, for their first session, basically, you know, Amy Yip undresses and goes and lays in bed with him. And uh, fully, you know, covering everything up, of course. But anyway, she lays in bed with him and goes to touch him. And, of course, he pulls the American Pie thing. He, he quickly, you know, ejaculates before anything can happen. Literally via a touch. Or she could have yeah. just tapped him on the shoulder and he would be like <laughs> So it's kind of, but but, but thankfully, to, you know, as bad taste as this is, listeners, uh, you know, it's not like they, pretty much many males in Hong Kong cinema of this kind yeah. have that problem, especially rapists. You know, they, they're done after five seconds and then they pass out almost exhausted after like running a marathon or something. It looks like, you know, they, 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 you know, they pass out over their, the backs of their fucking victims or shit like that. So, so, so it's not like they're suggesting that little persons or midges or what have you, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, ejaculation, ejaculation problems in that regard. So. No, I don't think that that's really that's two jokes piled on top of one. The first is, of mm. course, that he's a little person, which whatever, you know, I mean, everybody in Hong Kong and everything apparently goes and pays for sex. So it's it's just another day at the office, really. Mm. But um, yeah, yeah. So it's supposed to be humorous. And it it is, especially that, uh, you know, he comes so quickly or what have you. But the scene plays out and of course he wants seconds and possibly thirds some 
I'm not sure. Well, at least Which, the, well, he's got that going for him. You know, he's, right, right. he's, he's ready got, to go again. He's got stamina. You know, he, he may be quick, but, you know, he's ready to go two and three times, buddy. You um, talked about the beforehand. You were asking me about why during the uh, other sex scene with Liu Tsin and the Muscle Man, they played music <laughs> over subtitled dialogue. Right, uh, right. They, and what probably happened there is they, they shot the movie, they subtitled the movie, and in post, someone thought that they should drain all dialogue, all sound effects, and just put uh, a little bit of rocking soundtrack over her r- almost rape scene. Uh, yeah. And it was a strange choice. I don't think it was done to avoid problems with the censors because it's not uh, a more extreme scene than than yeah, no. any other in Category 3 cinema. It's just a bit of a sloppy post-production choice because they don't keep any 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 effects at all. It was just like, volume down here, volume up here. Okay, okay, and now it's done. Volume down here, volume up here. Dialogue again. So, you know, it's... Uh, it's uh, but, 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 but you do notice it, like... Uh, because the subtitles still go on, you know, and the the subtitles are mostly of the kind, like, no, don't do this, don't, not too fast, and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Um, All right, dear. Uh, I mean, in general, what you've seen of Amy Yip, including in this movie and in other movies, did you always get that impression that she had more to offer than just being the side guy? Did you always, like, appreciate that she had... Yeah, a, a kind of presence. You know, I do think she. You know, I've always thought she kind of has a, a strong. You know, she can make an impression on a film. You know, one way or the other, whether it's a small role or not. But yeah, I think she, it's just something about her face. You know, I think she has a very expressive face, and she's able to get it across more than you know you might think. And you know, sure, she's kind of you know she's kind of she was stapled to that you know jokey type atmosphere, but. She was, I game, liked she, she was game for it too, right? You know? Oh yeah, most definitely. She's a gamer, but I would have liked to have seen her tackle something more dramatic, probably. Maybe you know, just something outside of uh, you know sex-related comedies and stuff like that. I would have liked to have seen her just do straight. Which I'm not big on melodrama, but her inside of a regular type uh, vehicle, you know, be it action or anything like that, where you know the joke isn't about her boobs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think she has a lot. To, she had a lot to offer, you know. Yeah, she she was obviously in some different kind of uh, movies, uh, category three or not, but uh, right. not uh, not for uh, extended periods of time. Uh, you know, looking at the credits, I think it is essentially this movie and um, and Queen of Underworld, which is her big like straight roles, if you will. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, but 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 when she has like walk on roles like in the blue jean monster playing this strippogram who has her breasts uh, popped, <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's <laughs> an amazing cameo, great fun. So uh, so all kudos to her. And th- there was belief out there in Amy clearly uh, by productions and all of that. Uh, and uh, she she can cry in the mode in a low low key way too. I mean the, the scene where she was just sitting there and in this movie and tears just come to rise you know right and you don't when do you that s- there when you're unskilled you know right there there's that scene early on uh at you know immediately after the several years between uh, her son being taken from her and uh, her husband dying or what have you where she's just looking at a you know a mother and her child or whatever and she has this longing face and you just your heart breaks for her you know mm-hmm. you, you know what she's going through just because of that face it's like oh 
Yeah, and 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 you wish the tragedy card wouldn't be punished because you do like her. Right. Uh, it, it makes sense structurally to like have the hosting scenes kind of and uh, and later on when they're asked those two lead scene and Amy Eve's characters to to dance you know to essentially become strippers you know it's a uh, it's a uh, as a sequence that it's kind of interesting they don't show that as degrading with them complaining a lot and crying a lot behind mm-hmm. the scenes and, and even subsequent scenes where the henchmen uh, when they are out of their cages they're obviously surrounded by henchmen all the time they, they can even dress down those henchmen a little bit so it seems like right. they have kind of control over the situation yeah. in, that, uh, in that environment in that enclosed environment but then the movie like remembers like to not play it lightly and to not let these characters off Right. easily and then Charlie Cho happens again so, right the, so, like the first so, scene. so do explain that and uh, even in detail if you have to well there's there's a couple <laughs> of things like the hints at Charlie's wickedness and like uh, the first time I think it is when um, essentially Charlie you know this is after Amy Yip has her first job as a hooker and uh, she comes back and Charlie's basically telling her to you know that he wants her to strip as well Mm-hmm. And whenever she objects to that, Charlie, Charlie, at first he's playing it like so kind of coy, like oh, you know, the, giving his whole spiel about you know, you yeah. should, if we you can discuss this, of course. Oh yeah, if you have a beautiful body, you should share it, and let's talk about these things. Eventually, when he just gets frustrated, he, you know, he slaps Amy up in the face, and you know, he's basically you're gonna do it, or bad things are about to happen, mm. and then. uh skip forward to much later and after uh, Amy Yip's good friend has basically I believe paid off her debts right mm-hmm. she's at this point paid off her debts and goes to uh, Charlie and is looking to be you know let free Charlie don't like that <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and when things get a little uh, start to get a little rowdy there's a very brutal uh, gang rape sequence yeah. Right in Charlie's office that culminates in a sequence with Charlie Cho and a popsicle. And, you know, and bu- you can and imagine. Butter. And butter. And butter. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh. You can imagine what happens with these things with Charlie Cho and a nude woman. And, and he's not smiling that. as he's doing it. Like, I'm Charlie Cho, I'm doing this. You know, hey, it's, it's evil, Charlie. Yeah. You know, he, he puts on that game face, you know, that. He, 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 you know, I believed it. Oh, you know, yes. I could separate the two, you know, because he separated clearly uh, right. himself very well. So, no. uh, yeah, there's a beast underneath, and, you know, he slowly unleashes it, you know, over the course of these few scenes. And at that point, he becomes basically the monster. Yeah, it's re- it really is, it's a tough sequence to watch. It's not uh, pleasant. Yeah. And it really is too heartbreaking because she, the character of Xiao, as uh, she's called, she's caged up again. And um, after that, alone, you know, and uh, Amy finds her that way. So, you know, it's really gloom here, that uh, ever ending gloom, possibly, and all of that. Right. So, um, but, uh, but we, we won't spoil the entire ending, obviously. I want to just hit on a few things without uh, spoiling it. Um, uh, Charlie Cho participates in gunplay. <laughs> you know, it fires an automatic weapon. I've never seen that either. <laughs> so, you know, that, that was kind of, you know, cool to see him, you know, squibbed up and all of that, getting shot, you know. There comes a, yeah, a sequence during the final half of the movie that kind of comes from out of nowhere. Uh, it, it, it didn't really get built up a whole lot, but, uh, yeah, massive 
piece of action, you know, work from out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Another scene that kind of like, you know, deceives you with the plot of this, I mean, the uh, budget of this film. Yeah. It looks a lot bigger than it probably was. And uh, it didn't look at all safe at all times either, you know. <laughs> the, the explosions uh, looked a bit That's too close to comfort for some of the actors. Yeah. But, um, yeah, go ahead. I'm sure they probably used miniatures during this, but uh, to say that buildings are blown up, you know, during this final sequence. Mm. Uh, pretty sufficient uh, pyro action going on here, so... Um, Lam Shi Ying does make a return in the in the very last reel and all of that. He uh, and uh, he is is his character arc is continuing you know, as the kind copy. He remains that, and uh, I, I won't spoil anything. But I just wanted to say that the movie, when all is said and done in terms of a conclusion, I, I think the movie ends on a very real note. It ends as it kind of was supposed to. Yeah, it has action and some brutal action and all that, but it. The brutal action is very disturbing. At one point, a character just shoots another just point blank in the chest, you know, in in um, in a hospital. Uh, and uh, but but by the end, you know, uh, we the structure of the movie dictates that Amy Yip will see her son. Right. Okay, but that, that that's not spoiling it. I'm just saying that the movie ends on a very real note, and I, I gotta tell you, I was touched by the end. Yeah, because uh, she. She plays it well, and they built up that drama very well, and uh, so so good on Amy, you know, for for mm-hmm. kind of nailing it too. The uh, despite this movie being different moods every now and again, I think Amy still stood tall all the way through, you know, and uh, and delivered a performance. Right for a movie that you know kind of gets lost along the way in different areas, and there's definitely some exploitation stuff like that. That heart. In that main, you know, objective of her being with her child again, it remains, you know, very much the focus of the film, you know, despite all the craziness. Mm-hmm. And and Lam Xingying just ha- he has a character that is written as kind, and he does a lot with that by just being being there. Right. Yeah, because he, he he's a cop that plays by the rules, but also has a human, <laughs> you know, is a human too, so he's willing to listen to. Right what can be done despite rules being against uh, Amy Yip in, in this particular case, you know, rules and uh, politics and, um, yeah, yeah, rules mainly, uh, being a mainlander, not uh, le- uh, being illegally in Hong Kong, so. Yeah. Uh, but uh, recommend it. It's, it's, a, it's a good, yeah. good watch. I, absolutely. I think it's, uh, it's an intense film at times, I think, and uh, I think it's a good example of, you know, Category three madness, kind of, I guess, with a bit, bit of heart, I guess. Mm. Whereas, uh, you know, our other film might have been, you know, category three with, with some brains behind it. This was category three with a, a bit of heart. Yeah, maybe. So maybe that's the connection, other than Charlie Chow. Absolutely, uh, memorable Charlie Chow stuff indeed. Uh, but they didn't they disrupt the movie at all. Uh, right. But you, you do extract it easily when thinking about this movie. You know, hey, mm-hmm. that was that movie where with the popsicle and butter. <laughs> <laughs> grabs that entire like handful of butter and just oh, like, rubs so it and uh, <laughs> I don't want to see somebody grab that much butter in their hand no. you know, bad, bad things are coming you don't want to see that no. um, possibly some cuts in that sequence uh, not that it was hardcore or anything but there's possibly some cuts in that sequence uh, um, so, uh, but uh, 
on on the cuts and um, and uh, versions and all of that. There, this was put out by Ocean Shores originally on uh, Laserdisc, at least, and uh, was put out on DVD. It was the same print, but by a company called Vortex. But it seems like that DVD is out of print. So again, eBay, scour eBay, and check out the file sharing forums uh, for for. The last options, if you will, if you if you're interested yeah. in the film, um, the, the Ocean Shores catalog is not being reprinted on DVD or anything like that. So, and and Vortex who had some of the Ocean Shores movies, like Pretty Woman, uh, they are not reprinting con- continually those uh, old presentations on on DVD and all of that. So, so that's uh, that's that. Uh, before we sign off, we. Next episode in terms of this weekend's list, we are we, we can announce that um, uh, we are doing a remainder of the Billy Tang movies that we think are are suitable to cover on this weekend's list. We've done quite a number: Doctor Lamb, Red to Kill, and what have you. But we have a Brother of Darkness and Run and Kill to do next yeah. on the regular this weekend's list. But 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 but, but. the mm-hmm. next tidy wide theater announcement that I I usually do I'll let the great lord Joshua Regal take that announcement and run with it because the title of the theater is kind of open to to interpretation in terms of what movies you should and can feature and all of that so take it away well you know normally you know we cover category 3 Hong Kong uh, exploitation but But, but you said no no no, not doing that And, uh, yeah, so this uh, episode we're going to be delving into uh, Japanese cinema. Mm. Oh, that was <laughs> was that your Japanese uh, uh, your Japanese was... character? Oh, no, no that, that, was, that would be more like a racial stereotype. My Japanese would be like not racial stereotyping that's, at all. No, no, that's real. That's realism right there. Okay, I'm pretty sure that was Japanese. If you say so. <laughs> Speak of that. I'll, I'll, I'll ask John. John, will clear it up for <laughs> And me. he'll shake his head again. <laughs> like, <laughs> no. Why does this guy on my show? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so we're going to Japan. Boom, boom, boom. And uh, we're going to be covering uh, a couple of films from the 70s, 1973's Terrifying Girls High School Lynch Law Classroom. <laughs> <laughs> Longest <laughs> title in the world. <laughs> it's a great title. It stars uh, Reiko Ike and uh, Miki Sukamoto. Wow. Uh, two of Reiko, the, you know... was that the female scorpion lady? Mm, no, no, that's uh, Miko Kaji. Ah, okay. Uh, this what is, was uh... Reiko? Was she in Sex and Fury? Was that it? Yes. Ah, yes, Reiko Ike. She's from uh, Sex and Fury and many other like films. Her and uh, Miki uh, Sukamoto kind of teamed up a lot in the uh, pinky violence genre. And this is one of their combinations right here. So, mm-hmm. And then... Um, also, we're going to be doing Yasuhara Hasabe's 1977 uh, classic, Rape 13th Hour. <laughs> I mean, this one's going to be... When you give uh, Joshua the freedom to pick, <laughs> it doesn't take long. Rape 13th hour! Rape 13th hour! Uh, yes, I know uh, the oily maniac is going to enjoy that one. He said he, won't, he his goal is to have all of his favorite podcasts do an episode on Raid's 13th hour so mm. this should be uh, should be an interesting one right and yeah we'll um, I'll, I'll therefore let Joshua do the main work here because these are unknown movies to me completely new experiences I'll just call the movies as I see them and all of that so it'll be a relaxed time for me and uh, maybe an eye opener in terms of what I've been missing all these years <laughs> 
It'll it'll be an eye opener, that's for yeah. sure. Yeah. I've I've seen the the odd pinky violence and Japanese mm-hmm. exploitation movie. Obviously, we we did we did Sex and Fury and the first female Scorpion movie on on Japan on Fire many moons ago. Uh, wasn't too wild on Sex and Fury. It has some great imagery, but um, yeah. female Scorpion is, is just perfect all throughout. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, I agree with both of those actually. So, uh, okay, looking forward to that. So, thank you again, everybody, for listening. This is us soon signing off. Just running through the brief contact information again. So, this has been this weekend's least Hide the Feeder on the Podcast on Fire Network website, podcastonfire.com. Email for feedback, podcastonfire at googlemail.com. The old forum, podcastonfire.com forward slash forum with the old members only archive of extra stuff. But we post extra stuff on the website now in the bonus episodes section. And uh, those are podcasts only available on podcastonfire.com. Not on iTunes, not on Stitcher. Join us on Facebook, like our page, facebook.com forward slash POF network. And join us in the discussion going on in our group. So you can just search that by typing in podcast on fire network or click the link available on the page that i just said facebook.com forward slash pof network and follow us on twitter twitter.com forward slash podcast on fire follow my writing so good reviews.com and uh, small video reviews of my writing sleazykvideo.com and follow me on twitter twitter.com forward slash so good reviews subscribe to the podcast on fire network on itunes and uh, if you like the show Please leave a rating and a comment. Uh, would very much appreciate uh, you taking time to do that. And if you'd like to stream your shows instead, you can go to Stitcher, stitcher.com for the application to your computer, or go to your nearest app store, find it for your tablet or phone. And uh, once you're in Stitcher, type in Podcast on Fire Network, and you can add each show individually, including this very show that is now turning Japanese very soon. But that's not a bad thing. Uh, Bullets of Chinatown, King Who's blog, in the mood for guilo.blogspot.com. Guilo is spelled G-W-A-I-L-O. And, uh, of course, Brian Kirby's excellent t-shirts, our intro and outro man. They are located at shelflifeclothing.com. And uh, plug your stuff then, Joshua. You can visit vcinemashow.com for the vcinema Show podcast. You can find it on iTunes, uh, Stitcher, what have you. And also varied for my own website where I write about stuffs. <laughs> and uh, ending with a Z. <laughs> stuffs. Yes. Stuffs. Can't believe we made we made it an, uh, an entire show without without doing anything Batmanish. So we are improving. <laughs> we, we 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 didn't feel we didn't feel forced to go down the Batman route, but, which is always fun. But uh, you always should incorporate it naturally. You know. <laughs> Batman? Well, I didn't yeah. say my parents are dead early in the. Uh, oh, I missed it. How could I miss <laughs> it? Was I sleep for one second? My parents are dead. That's my review of today. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we love Batman. Yes. Notice my... He, he doesn't love himself as much, but we love Batman, of course. So. He does a lot for Gotham. Yes. And for, and for our Category 3 show, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> Don't know how that works, but that's, uh, that, yeah, that's, that apparently weird. is a logic that we have adopted here. So. <laughs> um, Alrighty. We are signing off. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Sleazy K signing off. And with me was the great Lord, Joshua Regal. Itchy, itchy.